Welcome to Mad World. Hey, 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 everybody. What's going on? Welcome to Mad World with yours truly and the, uh, not, the Knots Man. Donato Rosa on the line. Yeah. How uh, how you feeling today, Don E? Feeling really good. How about yourself, Joe E? You know, you're not Don E. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to try to guess your middle name right now. I don't think I know it. But based on the fact that you probably, you're a classic 70s American Italian family. Yes. First name's Donato, last name is Rosa. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Anthony as a middle name. <laughs> Come on, you knew it. You nailed I didn't it. know it. You nailed it. Is that right? Donato well, Anthony. As a matter of fact, when I was about six years old, I got with the uh, kids in the neighborhood and I told them, my name's Tony. Uh, <laughs> you will now. You, you will did now tell re- me that, yeah. but I I definitely wasn't remembering right. that. Right. You will now refer to me as Tony Rosa. Wow. Yeah. And mine. Your middle name? Yeah. Your middle name is Finster Baby. <laughs> no, it's not. It's John actually. <laughs> and uh, my mom would always call me by my Joseph middle John. and first. So Joseph John. Speaking of kids in trouble. Yes. We're going to talk today a little bit about why there is a disconnect. And the two generations. Last week we talked about we talked about the two generations. A lot of you that tuned in to the first inaugural podcast, Mad Change. We we got a lot of uh, people that reached out to us, and we appreciate you and listening. By, and by the way, thank you for listening. Absolutely, we're, we're really glad that you're tuning in, just to hear John Joseph John spew. We do we do appreciate it, and uh, you know we hope uh, you continue to listen. But last week, a lot of people. Talked about a few different things, but a lot of people seem to find the generational conversation the most interesting. You know how there's such a how there's such a disconnect and uh, why that is. Right, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal time, and we got a lot of feedback on that. Yeah, and I don't know that we can answer the question why, or even offer the solution, or if there is a solution. But we're gonna at least we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna pose we're gonna pose the question. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, so a lot of different routes we could take here, but, you know, um, I guess the question is, and you posed it last week, Donnie, not so much the question, but you made a statement that really stood out to me of everything you said last week. The one thing that you said that really stood out to me was that the only way to really change the negativity that's happening is through relationship, you know, uh, change the, the only way to change the disconnect, the only way to reconnect the two generations together is through relationship. So, um, I want to hear from your perspective of someone that's a little older. Why, 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 why is there a, um, in your opinion, why does the millennial generation kind of turn off your generation? Why do they, why do they think that, you know, you don't really have anything of value to give to them. I mean, what's, is it the technology? Is it the information? What's, what's the deal? Well, like we were saying, relationship breakdown is a major cause of a disconnect. And I think that the, uh, the way that my generation could be responding to the millennials or the younger generation based on uh, things they, they value, things that they look to, the way they respond to us um, can often be, um, our response to them can often be a turnoff. 
And I think that that's what shut down a lot of relationship and interaction. Hmm. So can you, I mean, can you give an example of something that would support what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, let's make it a little personal. I know that I have, uh, I have a couple of nephews, nieces, and uh, often when we gather together for a family event, for instance, um, we can gather together for a family event and notoriously the, the politics subject comes up and who has a different position politically. It seems often that the younger generation is coming up with, at least in my family, a more liberal approach to their politics. And I can look around the room and watch some of the uncles, specifically the uncles, uh, really get annoyed. And it, it is actually coming off um, in their responses, in their dialogue, uh, almost coming off as if, look, you guys don't even know anything. You, mm-hmm. you, have, you haven't even worked your first job yet, really. You haven't paid taxes for more than a year. Right. You know, let's find out how you feel about politics and how you feel about the world when you've paid property taxes for 20 years and you've paid, you know, health insurance bills and, and um, you know, you're paying income tax, uh, state tax, and you're really feeling the squeeze. Right. Let's see how you feel about your political view. And that comes off a lot of times. I can watch the air come out of the sails of the younger guys and girls and almost kind of like not even want to deal with us. Well, let me, now let me just say this and let me play, um, let me play Lucifer's advocate for a second real quick and say something on behalf of the, the, the 20 something year old, although I'm not a 20 something year old anymore, but there's nothing worse to a young person who is trying to figure life out is just starting to pay their taxes, is just starting to start their career, and they feel like their opinion is being, you know, um, dumped on or it's not valuable just because I'm young. Right. There's already an impression that, you know, the old the old uh, uncle across the table on, on Christmas dinner, he's already not in touch with reality today. So now he's going to tell me that my opinion doesn't even matter. That's probably making it worse than actually having constructive constructive conversation about this stuff. Well, I think that's exactly right. And I think what happens is um, the younger generation just shuts down. Right. Or, you know, looks at us like we have nothing of value to, to bring. Right. You're just tainted. You're just ornery. You're just disturbed. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're, not, even, you're not even nice. Yep. So, yep. like, why do I want to even bring something to you when I'm going to get not only shut down, but feel even a greater sense of rejection. And I will say this, I think that the younger generation is a much more deeper thinking and sensitive generation. Mm-hmm. So if if the people that we look to who are supposed to be able to have answers for us are discarding anything that we say, like shutting us down, it could be hurtful. And right. that certainly doesn't build a bridge in relationship and it certainly doesn't help us to give some of our experience sure. uh, in a digestible way where right. they can receive it and understand it. Sure. And I mean, don't you think a part of it is too, like, you know, uncle, uh, uncle Sal across the table, he grew up in a different world, not a different, not a different decade or a different generation. He, he legitimately, maybe you couldn't say this from the thirties to the sixties or the forties to the seventies, but from the seventies, seventies and eighties to today, they're growing up in a different world. Not even a question. The world is mad. It's a mad world. Yeah, I mean, it's just everything is is so much different. So it's almost like, how can they even relate? Well, the thing you is, know what I'm trying to when say? I'm looking around the room, a lot of a lot of my 
family, blue collar. You know, you, we grew up in a home where everyone dumped into a station wagon. Mm-hmm. And think about the difference in, in the culture and the day. There's not, it wasn't even seatbelts. Like you sat in the back end of a station wagon facing the wrong way. Right. And you were like, you know, bouncing around back there. Right. right. Trying to open the back window. Sure. And uh, it was just a crazy different time where they had to work so much harder. Dad worked seven days a week. Right. Didn't see him on Sunday in the beginning there. So he worked so hard. They gave everything. That's how they showed they loved their families. They just, they worked and worked and worked. And now they're listening to a young man who just graduated college or is finishing up college talking about a big job that he's going to get and doesn't even understand what he's doing right, for a right. living. So it's like, well, what do you mean? Aren't you going to work seven days a week? Sure, sure. Like, what do you mean you're going to go in late? What do you mean you don't even go to the office? Right. I mean, things have changed drastically. There's a disconnect. When was there no seatbelts? What year was that? Um, like, do you remember there not being a seatbelt in the car when you were a kid? In the station wagon, yeah. You'd sit in the back. So that's, that's a great snapshot right there. You're a kid and there's no seatbelts. Today, not only is there seatbelts, but you have kids that are bigger than me that are still in car seats in the back seat. Exactly. Like, I'm serious. There's right. uh, Now, n- not everybody abides by that. As a matter of fact, didn't I see you last week in a car seat? There's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's laws now, at least in New Jersey, that, like, you have to be in, like, a car seat, like, right. until you're, like, like old now. And right. then, like, you can't sit in the front, like... I've like coached like big kids in baseball and then, and they would get picked up by their parents and they'd get into the back seat. Right. And they can't even drive in the front seat. So that's like a, that's like a good like snapshot on how different well, the world is. Well, that's what I was trying to say. It's like, they're saying, how can you possibly make money sitting in front of a computer? Like, what right. are you doing? Hmm. Aren't you wasting time? Yeah. Why are they paying you to sit in front of a computer? Sure. sure. And all of a sudden you have these opinions that hardworking guys maybe aren't as valuable as you like right, what? Right. so there's an offense on, on the older generation as well yeah and you know like um obviously the interests are different too you know there's there, there's different interests from this generation there's there's all this you know I, I feel like you know young people like uh you know teens and 20 something year olds 30 years ago there wasn't all this information and social media at your fingertips so you kind of like you know like you, you had to be goal, you know, pretty goal oriented. Like, you know, I'm going to go get a good job and, you know, go make a lot of money. Like, I'm not just going to like waste my life away. Right. But there's a lot of other routes you could take today because there's a lot of other distractions in life. There's well, a lot of other things that preoccupy us. No doubt. But I, but I also let's, let's on the good side, I really, and I could totally be wrong. Cause I didn't, I could, I could be wrong. Maybe there was just as many, maybe there was just as many, you know, young people, wasting time and and whatever you know back then i I don't don't know there was you know definitely we had terms for them that we'll leave un unspoken today (laughs) you know we looked at them in a a different way um but again but but don't and i I hate to beat a dead horse with this but like don't you me and Kristen were talking the other day about how um you know Video games just aren't my thing. You know, I didn't really grow up playing them. I, I mean, I like playing, like, the baseball video games and Super Mario Brothers every once in a while. But there's kids today that, like, they could play all day long. Right. Like, like literally, and this is from what I'm understanding because I've never done it, but you can, you can, you can play all day. Like, well, what I'm saying was that wasn't an option 30 no. years well, ago. Well, you're hitting on exactly why it's a different feeling from those two generations. It's like my generation when I grew up, I think I might have said this last time, but if I didn't, it's all good. What we woke up in the morning thinking about what we were going to do that day. We wanted to play baseball all day, basketball in the afternoon, and you rode your bike 
from Lakeside Drive right. to the other side of, of Nutley. And that's how you got back and forth to hang out with your friends. And everything was outside. Everything was active. Um, so that's how we grew up. To us, that was value. To us, the relationship right. that way was value. Today, you can. You're, you're right. You're hitting on it. There's, there's the games. I don't know the names of them. But the games out there right now that are interactive that you can play from your own home and your friend across a state or across the country can be playing the same game with you. It's an interact interactive game where you're shooting and killing each other, right? Right. And it's so lifelike, it's real. It sucks you into it. Yeah. And I've I've been involved in situations in my own home where I left in the morning and came home and, and one of my kids is still playing the interactive game eight hours later. Now I completely hit the ceiling because like it's a complete right. waste of time. Sure. And that's what that's how that's how kind of how I feel about it. But we don't want to just complain and talk about all the bad things that are happening today. What can we do now to fix that? Like well, yeah. that's that's not going away. That's just here to stay. The interests are different. We understand that. I mean, Donald Trump, president of the United States of America, and he's got like eight million followers on Instagram. Right. And pop singer Selena Gomez is like 160 million. Like, think about think about those, though that the change. Like, it, that's not just like a little change. Right. Like, that's 160 million. I think if I'm right, compared to eight million. I mean, well, he, this guy's the. I'm the president of the United States. I have eight million Instagram followers. I tweet all day. I Facebook all day. I Instagram. And what is this, Selena Gomez? All these followers. I don't understand that. I mean that's that's what that's that's crazy. It, listen, it's crazy. It's a different world. Priorities are different. What's important to us is different. Like back in the day, the president of the United States, that was a major right focus of the world. As a matter of fact, when something happened to a president, the world shut down. Well, he's when pretty, Kennedy got shot, the world shut down. He's a pretty big focus today. He is, but maybe not you for just, young people. Right. But let me just say this: we're. We're saying all these things that sound negative to young people, but let's talk about some of the good things before we get into some maybe the causes of the breakdown. Yeah. But how about the fact that young people today are so much more excited and caught up with a cause mm -hmm. than to being, um, you know, wealthy or having a bigger house or having a bigger job? Right. They want to do something that actually matters. They're not so concerned about the paycheck, so concerned about the house, but they absolutely are. And I admire that. Mm -hmm. They want to do something that makes a difference, the ones that are engaging. Well, you're you're dead on with that, and there's no question about it. This is the most engaged generation in history. This is the most um, just proactive generation. And, you know, sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's not so good. I mean, you, you even saw with this tragedy a couple years ago, um, a couple of weeks ago, rather, with this shooting uh, in, um, was it, Flor it was Florida, right? The shooting was in Florida? Yes. Yeah. And you saw the protests that the kids were putting on in the school, you know, walking out and demanding, you know, different things. And I, I didn't, I don't want to misquote it cause I really didn't follow the story th that closely, but you know, that wasn't happening 20 years ago. Right. You know, when, 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 uh, you know, when, when Columbine happened in 98, I think, or 99, I mean, it devastated the community, but you know, kids weren't rising up and, and, you know, protesting and, and doing things like that. I mean, there's this, this generation wants to be involved. Right. And I think a big part of that is, is because they do have the information at their fingertips. They know what's going on instantly. Right. Right. They can find informa information instantly. Right. Unlike my generation. Yeah, it's wild how quick this is changing. I can remember being 15, 16 years old 
and walking into school every day and I would I would wait for the big um, wagon full of daily record newspapers. They used to deliver them to the school every day and they were free for the students. And that was like that was like a highlight of the day to to go, you know, grab grab a newspaper. And then, you know, during lunch or a study hall, you you know, you looked for your school's name when the sports section or, or, or whatever, and then you caught up like on some of the news. And this is when the internet was getting big too, but this is not that long ago. It's changing rapidly. It's changing quickly. And are we even, are we able to keep up with it? Are, is the generation even able to keep up with, with, with what's happening? Or is it just subconsciously spinning our heads? No, I just think that that is completely overwhelming to people. Right. So much information is completely overwhelming to people. And it, we, want, we don't want to get back into the technology conversation, but right. it, it has totally shaped and changed the way we approach other human beings. Yeah, but here is a thought for you. You're saying it's, it's overwhelming people because you, you, you had no idea what a cell phone was at 16 years old or 15 years old. You had no, no idea there, what... No idea. There was no such thing yeah, as a cell phone. Right. And as a matter of fact, I said it before... We didn't have car phones, and you guys chuckled like, "What's a car phone?" Right, right. A car phone was like the size of a lunch a lunchbox. Yeah, right. And they'd right. stick it in your car with an antenna. You had to get an antenna sure. on your car back in I don't know eighty nine. But there's a learning curve for you because that's the case. Even for me, like you know, we had cell phones and stuff like that. But there's other things that you know. My my point is, it's it, there's no learning curve for these kids. They're growing up with it. Right. Like here's 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 a here's one that I'm pretty. You know, being a youth pastor for a long time, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, you know, I, I, I often take the kids' side. I'm in the kids' corner. Here's one that I'm extremely worried about. Um, you know, when we, when we learned how to drive in the, in the early uh, 2000s, you know, it was like serious business. Like, you know, pay attention to the road. Like, don't, like, you know, if you're going to change the radio station, make sure it's at a red light. The kids today, not only are they... Not only are they, you know, distracted by everything that's in the car, they're, they're learning how to drive while texting and, and stuff like that, checking their social media. Like, that's not, that's not even unsafe to them. That's just, like, how you do it. Yeah. That's, that's what you have to, you have to be a multitasker. No, like, yeah. you know how dangerous that is? I mean, I'm a, I'm a father of four kids, and that is always a major concern. I talk to them all about it all the time. If I find out you're doing that, I mean... That is the most dangerous thing. It's unbelievable. You got a, a 3,000 pound vehicle or, right. or more that you're driving down the street or down the highway and you're looking at your phone, you're answering an Instagram post, a Twitter post, uh, something. You're, you're, you're yeah, looking yeah. for more because we're so addicted to the information. Yeah, right, right. It's a, it's a frightening thing. I'm surprised. I know we hear a lot of problems with it, but I'm surprised we don't hear triple the accidents fatalities um, because of cell phone use while you're driving. I'm well, stunned. I wonder how many are not, you know, reported that they were linked to right. phones or whatever. How can, how can I get my kids in 10 years? My oldest is five. How can I get my kids to buy into what I'm talking about? Do I, do I plead with them? Do I take them out to dinner and like try to like, um, you know, like fool them? Do I threaten them? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't, I, I'm serious. This is like, I'm yeah. really worried about this. I don't want my, my kids being unsafe, you know? I don't know if that approach, like, you better never text and drive or I'll lock you up in the cellar. You know, like, in the cellar? <laughs> I don't know if that's going to work because my point is they're growing up with this is the norm. Right. This stuff that rocked your generation, this stuff that, 
made you guys, you know, it was, it was craziness. That is the norm today. Right. Well, that is part of the disconnect, Joe. That's why my generation is like, what is wrong with you? Right, right. What's your problem? So the answer, listen, the answer is, is, is simple. Um, and I'm saying that tongue in cheek, but you know, you said it last week, you said the, the, really the only way for the two generations to connect together, to trust each other is through relationship. Right. And I'm a big believer in that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, huge, I buy into the fact that the future of, you know, America and the future of the universe, it's not just through this next generation. I don't believe that. I'm a, and I also don't believe that, well, we should do things because we've always done them like this. I think that, you know, the, the energy and the youthfulness of, of this next generation should stop and listen and take the time to glean the wisdom, you know, and, 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 you know, the guy that's been there and done that and put the work in, he's got something to offer too, right? you know, but when there's relationship with the two, I think that's, what's going to make the world a better place. Couldn't agree more, Joe. Absolutely. And I guess what maybe we could talk about, yes, understanding the differences and trying to understand, well, why does a millennial think this way? And understanding why, why does my generation think the way it thinks? Right. Try to have some, some patience with each other mm-hmm. and start to address understanding each other's background and what shaped us, t- kind of addressing the issue of the separation, the breakdown in relationship. So let's talk a little bit about that. What are some of the things that we can do? Or first, maybe what are some of the causes and how, how do we alleviate those things? Yeah, I mean, I really think that that um, I think that the family unit is at the core of this, at the core of this conversation. You no know, question. I mean, we want we want these young people coming up, you know, the, the teens and the 20 something year olds. You know, I feel like your generation, you want them to be respectful. You want them to, you know, uh, have all these social skills. You want them to, you know, um, whatever, like understand your point of view and how, how you grew up. Yet in a lot of these cases, there's there's no family unit. Yeah, I mean there's there's there there is no family unit. Like you know we got a couple of stats here, um, and these are stats from uh, 2015. So I mean they're they're obviously close. They're not they're not uh, this year's, but they're just a couple of years ago. And I mean listen to this: children with two married parents in their first marriage. Okay, that's that's a whole. That's a whole nother conversation right there. Right. But children with two married parents in their first marriage, 1960, 73%. Mm-hmm. Okay. 1980, 61%. And 2015, 46%. Oh, right. I mean, 46% of kids. Right. I mean, is that unbelievable or right. what? Right. So, I mean, from my generation's perspective, even when maybe it was a little, maybe dad was a little rough, like our fathers in my generation were not warm and fuzzy. Right, right. They were, they were, uh, I'll show you, I love you by working 10, 12, 13 hours a day and putting right. food on the table and knock it off or I'll slap you. Right. I mean, right. so that, that was my generation. And you're being nice saying that. I mean, it's, oh, I yeah. mean, that's, that's like you get locked up today for what happened back then. Absolutely. But true, 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 true is the fact that even though that was going on because the father figure was such a major, um, role in the family. Okay. Mom and dad together. Father figure was such a major role right. that there was ju- even if, even if you weren't treated top shelf, you had an innate understanding that you needed father, and father was important in the relationship, mm-hmm. and father um, 
with someone you can lean on. You felt a sense of safety, right. security. Dad was out there making it happen. You could feel a sense of security. And I can remember watching sitcoms through the years and different generations where all of a sudden the dad was made to be an imbecile. Yeah, right. You, you love when I word, use that word imbecile, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I do love it. You love that word. Imbecile. I'll say Because I'm one of them. <laughs> no, you're not an imbecile. Oh. I'm a... You're not an imbecile at all. Oh, oh, I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I know, I'm kidding. But but the Wait, fathers so you're made kidding, so I am an so you think you I are am an imbecile? An imbecile? No. Oh. <laughs> but the fathers were made to be imbeciles. The fathers were made to be the right. butt of all the jokes. The fathers couldn't make a living. They were dumb. They couldn't um if you asked them a question, they didn't know what was going on. They had no idea, right? So what does that do to entire <laughs> thirsty? I just took a drink and the producers are looking at me like, stop drinking. I can't have water. You can have water. So what does that do? To a kid, that's really interesting that you're saying that. Think, look at look at our look at the shows from 20 and 30 years ago. They're all families, you know. It's mom, it's dad, it's right. three kids, it's right. a dog, and that's funny. They're making shows today with, you know, who's divorced, right. who's who's got two dads, who's got right. two moms. It's really wild stuff. It, it's changed, so yeah. it's changed the importance. Hey, look, and we know that God set up set up dads, fathers in the house, so. To, to be a role model, to have not only just a role model, but to have that godly anointing and strength on their lives to lead their families. Right. If that's taken out of the way, mm-hmm. if you take that role out of the way, if you take father out of the way, or the importance or the value of that father out, yep. what does it do to the children? Yeah, that's really good. I mean, now you're, you're, you're preaching now, which, which is, uh, is my language. Here's a better stat. This is from the Pew Research family, by the way. The last one I, I read in this one, too. Children living with a single parent, okay, 1960, so what is that, uh, 55 years ago, 9%, which really shocks me. I was, I'm shocked that it's that high. Mm-hmm. But 9% of kids were living with a single parent in 1960. In 2000, 22%. And in 2015, just a couple of years ago, 26%. Right. So more than one out of every four kid is going to have only one parent in the home. And right. you know what, Donnie, in a lot of those cases, I'm sure it's the dad that's not in the home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like in some of those single parent homes, I'm sure there's a there's there's a bunch that it's it's they only have dad. But I think the majority of these would probably be they just have mom. So let me talk to so that. That's fortifying your yeah. so your let, point. let me talk to that. I know you for years. They know from listening from when you were born, I knew you. I babysat you when you were a little kid. So I know you for years. And you were the personality that always pushed the envelope. You love to push the envelope. Right. The hysterical story is and your dad was a man's man he still is he's yep. a tough guy you know tryouts with the yankees baseball player you know and i can remember being at softball games with him with you in the back seat a little kid and you had like a bat and your right. dad's trying to drive and you're tapping the bat on the back of his head <laughs> like pushing uh, jo- joseph joseph john your father's screaming reaching back <laughs> joseph and you'd be laughing like you would push the envelope so what right. i'm saying Joe, if you didn't have a father who was in your life, had relationship with you, right. correcting you, speaking to you, teaching you, where would you be today? Like, oh, eating out of the dumpster. Right. So what I'm saying is... Or counting cards counting cards at a blackjack table or something like exactly. that. Exactly. So what I'm saying to you is... Or worse. Well, Joe, honestly, my generation, some of the things that really annoy us is when we're talking to a young man and the young man says like things like, you know, just blurts things out or doesn't even acknowledge you when you walk in the room because our generation respected dads, respected yeah. fathers, respected the older guys. 
and, and we respected authority. We were right. taught to, or right. you go to jail, right. you know? Right. But so when young men are just kind of like throwing things out, like, yeah, what's up? What's up? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? What's up? Listen, this, you're, you're, you're dead on. I mean, I think the, the, you're getting me excited. Yeah, I better relax. This is not to condemn somebody listening or make them feel bad. If, if you, totally. maybe you are, you know, maybe you've been divorced. Maybe you're a dad that's listening and you know, you have your kids every other weekend or something like that. Um, that's not the point of this. We're just, we're, we're trying to, we're, we're trying to pose uh, questions. To we're bring trying us to off find to the, the, the sources of some of the right. disconnects and some of the disconnects are how can a young man know right how to relate mm-hmm. and how to communicate if no one's taught him i think that to not have a conversation about the fathers in this generation and and the lack now of fathers we just saw it in the stats you know one out of every four kids i mean not having a dad or a mom but probably in most cases a dad you know um at least living with them because not to get off on that tangent, but it's different having a father and having a father in your home. That's two totally different things. Everybody has a father. Absolutely. But but we're talking about father in the home playing an active role in your life. Right. And is it, is it a coincidence or is, does it just make sense that over the years we've gotten less fathers being, being an active role in their kids' lives and there's so much more of a disconnect and a lack of respect. And listen, that's the first relationship. Your, your, your relationship with your parents is the first relationship that you get introduced to in life. Oh, man. You know, yeah. like, like that's, that's the first one. Before friends, before business relationships, before everything else, your relationship with your parents is the first relationship in your life. So if that's stripped away from you, if that's taken away... How are you expected to have relationships with other people? How are you expected to learn how to do those things? It's like when my my son was younger, early teenage years, he was having problems with his relationship with his mom. Yeah. The way he was treating her, the way he was talking to her, um, maybe not respecting her as much. Now, if I'm not in the house and I'm annoyed because I'm divorced from this woman anyway, I'm taking that opportunity, whether I consciously or unconsciously, my son comes and starts talking about his mom. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, well, you know, yeah, she's got these issues, you know. Yeah. I'm divorced, say. Now, but if if I'm in the home, which I was, I, I, I would sit down with my son many times. And one time, I remember when it really got through, I said, I said, Mike, how you treat your mother and how you develop that relationship will be how you treat your wife. Right. And how you treat that relationship. Right. Your relationship with your wife will will flourish if you learn how to take care of and, and really treat your mom properly. Right. And the same thing with my daughters. You know how to, to, to interact with dad. Dad is probably the most important relationship in your life to learn how to have a good relationship with a guy, mm. eventually get married. Because how you interact with me right. and how you treat that relationship, how you cherish that, is how you'll pour that over. And it's not always easy, but it's, it's a learning process. It's a growth process. And I'm telling you, with dad's not there... Mm-hmm. How are we expecting them to be able to have healthy relationships? That's good. Is man. that part That's of good. is that part of the the breakdown? And is that part yes, of the absolutely. misunderstanding from my because again, these are good kids, they're yeah. good hearted kids, but is it a misunderstanding from my generation when they don't know how to engage us? Right. Like all of a sudden these kids are no good. It's not that they're no no good. Maybe they haven't been taught, and we have to try to understand them better. And we're kind of uh, leaving mom out. 
But I think that, you know, another caveat to this whole thing is that having a mom and a dad in the home is they, they both, they both offer two completely different perspectives of parenting. They're two different emotional makeups in mom and dad. You know, I'm a big supporter of uh, the family unit and the traditional family unit. You know, I'm a big supporter of, you know, marriage between a man and a woman. That's, that's completely being redefined today. What would your, what would your uncles and grandfather say 50 years ago if they thought this was, was going to be happening wow that's a different conversation yeah, for a different yeah, podcast we, we need like four podcasts for that one. we have to hook in to, we have to hook in more listeners before we can start talking about that stuff absolutely but you know i'm not shy about that you know that's where my um values and my convictions you know lie and i think that's that's a simple part of it you know that that's been such a big discussion over the last couple of years but i'm just keeping it simple and i i have deeper reasons to have those convictions but for this conversation i'm just saying Having mom and having dad in the family. Wow. That's like, that's a powerful thing for kids. Absolutely. To be able to understand mom has uh, something special that she can offer me in my relationship with, with her. Dad has something special that he offers me in my relationship with him. And I think those two relationships, more the father, I'm going to be honest, more the father, but I think those two relationships set the tone for how this young person is going to is gonna understand and view relationships as a whole for the rest of their life. That's what you just said is worth millions of dollars. If we can grasp that, I want to bring you into a conversation, many conversations that I have as a pastor, I'll get a call um, from a man frantic who's been divorced. And because it's, it's such a dysfunction um, divorced. And again, there's many, many divorces that we're not, we're not judging divorce, right? We're just talking about some of the byproducts and the issues that happen because of human relationship and get a call, get a phone call and a man is frantic. And he's like, I can't take it anymore. I just talked to my daughter and she's, she's cursing me out up and down telling me it's all about you, dad. It's always got to be about you and about your time and your, you know, I got to meet you on your time. And, and it's completely off the charts, disrespectful mm-hmm. Because mom and dad are split, right? And the the, um, the the time that they're supposed to be spending with dad, I'd rather spend it with mom because mom lets me get what I want, right? I'm not saying that's always the case, but in this case, and so it's causing this venom coming right. towards one of the parents, and it's really not healthy, right? It's not healthy. That young lady is going to have a problem right. as she tries to have other relationships. So what 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 I've observed that a lot of young people have done growing up today is, and this is a subconscious thing. This isn't a, you know, again, remember, they're just, they think checking, uh, checking Twitter and texting while driving is the norm. That's not, you know what I'm trying to say? That's, that's, that's the norm for them using my example from before. Right. I feel like we're trying to replace relationship with information and intelligence Mm -hmm. and, technology and all that stuff like you can't replace but you can't safe, replace that joe but it's safe right information right twitter it's not hurting you can't me. right 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 it's safe yeah right it's 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 not safe to have dialogue because people can hurt me but that stuff is all artificial that's not feeding your relational skills that r- relationship with your parents first before anybody else and then real relationships that's organic Right. That that makes you a person. Yeah. That helps you be, make the world a better place. Agreed. Information is good too, but it means nothing if you have no one to if, if you if 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 no one uh you know if you're not in a relationship with anybody and 
you're not, you know, uh, able to affect or influence anybody with the information and the intelligence that you've achieved, then what good is it doing? Yeah, definitely. Totally agreed. Um, we, we're, we're losing interaction. Healthy interaction, would help, which helps you grow. Right. Which helps you to understand human uh, relationship, um, communication, emotion. Mm-hmm. We're losing a lot of that. Yeah, and I mean, you said I know we're gonna we're gonna wrap up here in a minute, but you said something before about us not. I forgot how you phrased it, but the the, the purpose of having this conversation is not to be judgmental to people that have gone through divorce. You know, uh, I'm not sitting here. You know, I happen to be married nine years to, you know, my 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 first wife. My first wife will be my last wife. But I'm not trying to sit here and sound holier than now to people who have gone through that because we know there's other we know there's extenuating oh, circumstances absolutely. we know that there's you know there's a lot of people well we see it there's one in four kids growing up in a single family home and and the statistics that we talk about outside the church of divorce are the same right it's almost 60 percent outside and inside that marriages that end in divorce so it's not we're, we're not condemning people that have been divorced right what we're saying is it happens what we're saying is there's healing but I'm, I'm throwing this question at you. You're older than me. You're, you're smarter than me. And it's a rhetorical question. Don't you think that, because this is, this is affecting, obviously, the relationship and relational skills of the kids. We know that. Right. We see what's happening. We see crime on the rise. We see the school shootings on the rise, which, by the way, uh, I know um, I didn't see it, but I heard that Ben Shapiro did a very interesting bit on, um, on his show about all the major school shootings in the last 20 years or so, and most of those kids had no father in the home. That's wow. just, just a side note. But um, They should go listen. We should, our listeners should go listen to that. Yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't see the whole thing. I just saw a couple clips. But, um, you know, I, I hate to say this because it, it does sound judgmental, but when, when, when uh, you know, mom and dad are not seeing eye to eye on something, or I should say, when husband and wife are not seeing eye to eye on something, it seems like a lot of a lot more people are getting divorced today than they right. were when you were, you know, coming up. Right. But when there's kids involved, that comes off to me like like it's a totally different ball game when there's kids involved. Like, you know, it, it comes off to me very like you know very selfish. You mm-hmm. know, like it's about what what can I get out of you know this marriage? My needs are not being met, so I'm going to split and then have my kids really pay the price for this for the right, rest of their lives. In the many, many times I've been in that scenario as a pastor, um, I have to tell you, 99.9% of the time, the um, the party that is frustrated in the marriage, when I bring that up, will say, well, the kids will be fine. Right. And and they're not informed enough. Do, because you, do you think that's the, a, in denial that people say that? Or I do think, they really, really think like the kids are going to be okay I with think, not having mom and dad I in the home? I think the majority of them believe that because they're not informed enough. And it also is because they don't even want to go there because they're in so much pain in this broken relationship. Mm-hmm. And to get back to your other thought, I think that not having a healthy relationship with, with your mom or dad, you know, we talked about that before, how my son needed to have a better relationship with his mom and girls with the dad. If that's not happening, that's also contributing in the church right. to the divorce rate because you get married and you think this is the answer. Right, right. I'm not happy. I can't take my mother or father anymore. Here's the answer. Right. They're divorced. They're miserable. I'm never going to be like them. Mm-hmm. Here's the answer. You get married and you don't realize the hurt, the pain, the junk that you developed is now poured out on that spouse, mm-hmm. and the marriage breaks down. Yeah. I've seen it a million times. And that's but that isn't that just a 
isn't that just a example of the world, not just in marriages, but across the board? You know, it's it's a more it's a it's a selfish world we're living in. Yeah. You know, we're we're gonna talk a little bit next week um, about why church attendance is so on the decline and so low. At where once it was normal for mom and dad and Johnny and Sally to wake up and, and have breakfast together and drive to church, you know, and, and uh, there's not many people doing that anymore. Right. But, you know, you're, you're a music guy, you're a worship guy, you've been leading worship uh, at this church for a long time. Yeah, 200 years now. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you used to lead with, uh, with Chubby Checkers, didn't you? Back? Exactly. Yeah. We used to do the twist. <laughs> <laughs> but how many times have you heard, probably 10 times more than me, but I've heard so many people say that have, you know, Move to a you know to a different church. I'm not talking moving location. They're they're still living in the same place, but they've you know changed churches a few times. Well, you know, I just I wasn't really uh, I wasn't getting anything out of the music or or the or the or the message, whatever. Like that's a bad that's a bad reason to change you know your church. That's a bad reason to change your wife. Right. That's a bad reason to change. You know you know what I mean. Like what can I get out of all this? Like that, and sure. we don't want to get too off on the worship thing, but, yeah, but the whole point of worship is to give to God, yeah, not yeah. to get something and, out of and it. And the best way to change your environment, the best way to change the people around you, right. is for you to change. So be selfless is what you're saying. Exactly. Mm. So when we talk next week, I dug into some of these statistics, church attendance statistics. Boy, are they eye opening. Mm. It is a mad church world too. So you're gonna have to. You have to tune in next week because there is so many stats that are mind-boggling. Right, right. We'll talk about that. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, thanks for listening today. And uh, we're going to see you next week, next Thursday. We're excited about this next conversation. So for myself, Joe Arminio, point two, and my man to the right, man of the hour, man too sweet to be sour, Don the Knots Man, Rosa. (laughs) Tony Rosa. Mad World's podcast is brought to you by Abundant Life Whippany, where Donnie and I serve as associate pastors. For more information, visit alwcw.com.